Hey everyone, Rourke here. We wanted to start the episode a little bit differently this week because we wanted to give you a special sneak peek of what one of our Patreon episodes sound like. You can join the search party at www.patreon.com slash findingmrheight and you'll get to hear us both go a little bit deeper and I think get a little bit more personal and you'll hear a little bit of that in a second. And then also you're going to get our updates a lot faster because this stuff is getting recorded in much more real time and then turned around to the listeners much more quickly. And so yeah, enjoy and we hope you become a member of the search party. In the moment, we never got angry about this stuff. It's crazy. And like, I don't know what that is about me, but now like I'm having all this like residual anger. So yeah, well today the three Pete said no worries to me. So that triggered something. Oh no. So, oh, so first I should say, so first he, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your conversation. You're talking about, no. is, are we, are you done? Oh that? yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I didn't mean to ask it like that. Like, are you done, bitch? <laughs> are you done because your, I want to talk about me? Can we just leave your trauma to the side, please? Because I have a yeah. second date on Friday. Um, <laughs> um, no, so he – so yesterday I was telling him about this like I love spicy margs and I had a really good one at dinner after our first date. And so he had said we'll have to get spicy margs when we go out again and that kind of like precipitated making a plan for Friday. And then he said – I think – um, he was like, okay, I'll like figure out a plan and like let you know. So this was yesterday. It's it's now Tuesday, just for reference. This was Monday, it's now Tuesday. And today he texted me good morning, which we know I love. Um, but he actually also had already thought through a plan. This is a this is exciting. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, how are you doing? I am a little bit exhausted. My mom was in town this weekend, which is always lovely to get to be with Mama But – oh, wait. I just said my last name. You just said your last name. <laughs> well, I was okay. like, do you know? Do you know that you just <laughs> said your last name? <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, we'll leave that in. Anyway, um, yes. So – Mama Rourke was in town. <laughs> Trips off the tongue. Christine of the pod. And she, the pod. Mm-hmm. And we've always done in the past, like she's always stayed with me in the past when she mm-hmm. comes to visit. And we have like plenty of quality time in that way. However, I think now that I am gainfully employed and not just studying for something kind of abstractly, that – I told her, I think a learning from this experience is that as long as we are work from home and she wants to visit with a long weekend that features a couple weekdays, we might have to do a hotel. Ah. Yeah. Just because it was very difficult in the sense of like, you know, she has like the best intentions of like wanting to be helpful. And so she'll be like, oh, let me put this stuff away for you while you're working, but then she doesn't actually know where anything goes. So then she's asking me, where does this go? Where does this go? And I'm like, let's not. (laughs) Yeah, that's really hard. I mean, I think all the time, we've talked about this before, but like people who are working from home with partners in the same space, I truly can't imagine. Oh my God, I would be absolutely losing it. 
But the classmate met my mom or re-met my mom. So exciting. Yeah. Mama Rourke, Christine of the Pod. Yes. And um, it sounds like a Game of Thrones title. <laughs> I was literally thinking it sounds like the first of her name. Yes. That was why anyway. I said it. Um. Yeah. So obviously they – so we did two dinners. We went out on Thursday and Saturday, the three of us. And on Thursday – you know, he was like, can you believe this? Like, how crazy. Good to see you again. And um, that was very cute. And so, yeah, it was just – it was great. I think, you know, as she said, she was like, I'm predisposed to like him because I know how much you like him. But That's she's nice. like – but yeah. But she said, this is definitely the first time where I've really understood why you like someone. Wow. Yeah, that that's I mean, that's great for like your current relationship. That is interesting for every other relationship you've been in. <laughs> very. However, I'm typically very they've only met two other people. OK, I'm very hesitant to introduce. And so they've only met two other people, to be fair. And so not a huge sample size. Yeah, but no, she was like super three. positive. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, there's also the, the part where they don't live in the same state as you anymore. Correct. Yes. So like I I have that where meeting the parents is like either a really big deal because it's happening when the person is coming home with me. So mm-hmm. we're like getting on a plane to go to my hometown. That's happened twice. And then two other times – so four times they've met someone. Two other times it actually happened extremely early because they happened to be in town. And it was like – well, you might not meet for another year if we don't do this now. Yes, exactly. That's very relatable. Um, that actually that happened with the student and my dad. He ca- he happened to come to LA for business, and so yeah, we did yeah. we uh, and, we did that. But and my mom met somebody. I don't even have a nickname for him because he's fairly relevant in my life these days. But like, I was casually dating somebody. We were not exclusive who I brought to my best friend's wedding. This is what we this is the guy that I talked about when we were talking about like bringing a plus one when you're in the wedding party. Yes. I was the maid of honor in this wedding. I brought this guy that I was casually dating. I am so close with the bride that my mom was also invited. So my mom so was at this wedding. Did he hang and, out with your mom? Yes. So like <laughs> <laughs> Not during the day. So like he he went to school. Actually, he happened to go to school in the city where the wedding was. So he had some friends there. So like during the day when we were all getting ready, he was hanging out with those friends. Mm-hmm. But he he was sitting next to my mom in the, during the ceremony. That is hilarious. And, and then like during the, the reception and stuff, like when they walked in from the ceremony into the reception hall, like I couldn't go with them because I had to do the entrances and all that. So like when I when I entered the reception and cocktail hour, finally, they were like hanging out, just the two of them. Adorable. That's so nice. But but yeah, in a sort of more kind of relationship dynamics update, classmate and I have had to sort of negotiate some issues of like time. Yeah, now that you're working. Yeah. So there's A that I'm – there's a lot of moving parts. (laughs) There's A that I'm working and then we – he and I were just talking about it. We've just had like a bad two weeks in terms of our schedule where we both have had a very intense – work thing. Frankly, his was actually more prohibitive than mine two weeks ago. Then he got sick. Then my mom came to town. My mom left this morning. He left this morning <laughs> to go oh. to Ohio to visit family. And so 
mess. <laughs> and so now it will be like three weeks. And so like, we'll do something this weekend for sure. But it's been very, luckily my mom was really nice, but I did sort of have to negotiate this balance of like, I know that you came to visit me, but if it would be possible, like after we do dinner with the classmate on Saturday, can he and I go, you know, grab a drink and kind of catch up a little bit? And so we did find a way to kind of carve out a little bit of quality time, but he was, we had kind of an emotional conversation the other night where he was like, I did not realize, you know, I, I met like nothing to do Rourke. And that is a very different Rourke than work Rourke. And I did not realize that the impact of that was going to be like really intense and he's really not a planner. And so now he's like, I think we, I have to become a bit of a planner because yeah, yeah, like our lives just have too much going on not to be. And so, um, and he was like, I just like, I'm kind of like missing you. I was like, I know me too. That was very sweet. But but yeah, so we're cute. like kind of figuring that out. And I I think things will calm down. But then, of course, we're going to head into the holidays and that'll be – like this season is just a freaking mess. Anyway, I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> Life's great. Yeah, I mean that makes sense though. I mean even like you and I are dealing with like needing to figure out what our schedule looks like now that you're working. Like totally. it's a very big shift. Yeah. For you. Yeah. And those who schedule things with you. Indeed. Yes. Um, Who are the important people in my life. (laughs) (laughs) So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink that is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the Recess Watermelon Mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feeling all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little, little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Um, okay, tell me about this carnation man. Yeah, so I'm actually a little bit bummed that I didn't call him the carnation in hindsight. That being said, I think I've said this before, but when I give a man a nickname – I do think in my head, what if he ends up being my boyfriend and I, like you with the classmate, you now say the classmate every single week and you refer to him in that way. Yeah. I have to think about that when I give people nicknames. Like, is this going to be something I think is weird if this person is my boyfriend? And like, obviously I make the nicknames. I control these rules. I could change them if I want to, but I don't want to do that. Totally. Oh, also, can I say something really quickly? Yeah. People responded to my story from the Raiders Chargers game last weekend as like the, as soft launching the classmate. I mean, that's what you were doing. Let's be honest. Let's well, be clear no, about this. that's as much as I will do just because of like privacy. Yeah, that that was the full launch. Everybody, <laughs> don't expect more <laughs> unless we get married. <laughs> but yeah. um, that's very funny. Um, uh, yeah. So, so, so like on the one hand, I kind of wish that I'd called him the carnation. On the other hand, I don't really want to be dating the carnation. Understood. That's fair. So we're calling him the three Pete. Explain the backstory here. So 
uh, we matched on Hinge. We met on Hinge. And his opener to me was that he's pretty sure we've matched several times before. Was he correct? And yes. I don't know. We don't know. We actually talked about this on our date. We don't know how many times. Both of us are fairly certain it was more than once Mm -hmm. previously. So like this is at least number three. Yeah. That's so funny. Which is why we're calling him the three-peat. Both of us have deleted and restarted our hinge in the last year or so. So Oh, so in theory, you got refreshed into each other's batches. Yes. Yes. And I know, I just, I know we've matched before. So we don't know, like, why didn't we go out? You know, for all I know, we kind of like went through the timeline of when we've each been active on the apps in the last year or so. And it overlapped with when I went off the apps because of the oyster. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the, one of the times could very well have been that I started dating the oyster and like totally. we hadn't gotten to a point where we were going to go out. Um, Because I definitely was talking to people on apps at that point where yeah. we didn't have a date scheduled or anything. So I just kind of like faded quietly into the background. Totally. That's why he's called the three-peat because this is at least time number three that we have matched. And we very quickly set our date because basically um, he was like, well, I think we we probably have to go out now. The universe has told us. Good. I like that attitude. Yeah. Um, That was before I left for France. So I told him I was leaving. And so he was like, okay, well, he will have to, you know, get together when you come back. He was like, if you – and then he like messaged me once while I was gone asking how it was going and requesting I bring him an Eiffel Tower keychain. Oh, that's cute. I like that. That's It would have been cute if I had remembered. I would have taken that to be a joke. (laughs) I don't think you need to buy this man a gift. But – I like the – because I do think there is – and this kind of goes to other things we've said about texting between dates. There's also this question of what if you meet and one person kind of has a trip planned right away or something. How much is too much to stay in touch? Do you tell them about the trip? Do you update – you know, whatever. That's a perfect little, hi, don't forget about me, but hope you're having a great time and that's it. Exactly. So like he did that once. And then when I got back, I messaged him and said, I have bad news. And it was about the keychain. <laughs> Great callback. Um, so yeah, so we went out um, yesterday, which was Sunday. We had a lunch date at this pizza place in Crown Heights, which is a, like an equidistant neighborhood between mine and his. Technically closer to me, actually, I think. I think he did that on purpose. I love a pizza lunch date. That's a fun vibe. Yeah, it was. And I've been doing more meals on first dates and they've been going fairly well. So I'm, you know, I'm not averse to them in the future, but it was great. So as the listeners probably know, I did a major curveball move and decided to wear my hair curly on this date, which I have, I'm trying to think back. I don't think I have ever worn my hair curly on a first date. Wow. Why do you think that is? First of all, I very rarely wear my hair curly. True. Like I probably wear my hair curly like 10% of the times I wash it, maybe less. Mm -hmm. And I don't wash it very often. And one of the reasons is because when I wear it curly, I then have to wash it more or like get it wet more because it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like – it looks good today, but it won't look good tomorrow. Yeah. Versus like my straight hair will look good for a week. I digress. So – the other thing is that my hair is not curly in any of my pictures be- on my app, on my profile because I don't wear it curly very often. Oh, how interesting. I would I didn't even think of that. Did you like warn him like by the way? <laughs> I didn't, but like I do look pretty different with curly hair. Not in a mm-hmm. bad way, just definitely different. Not. Yeah. And it actually occurred to me that like 
should this not work out for some reason, that I I want to try to mix in a curly hair photo. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just, just to have it, um, which means that I'm going to have to wear my hair curly on a separate occasion when I look cute, but we can get to that. Yeah. So decided to wear my hair curly. It was a, a major risk because as many curly haired women in the comments stood with me in solidarity on the fact that curly hair has a fucking mind of its own and it looks different every single time, even though I do the exact same thing. That is wild and I have no basis to relate. <laughs> There's like a major humidity aspect of it. There's like, was there wind when I exited my apartment building? There's just so many factors. It's a it's an art, not a science. It truly, and I'm not that great of an artist. However, um, it it worked with me. It looked good. So I met him and he was waiting outside the restaurant for me and he had a single yellow carnation for me. I want to talk about this. What what was your reaction to that? I thought it was so cute. Okay, I just want to play I am so glad you think that because I want to play devil's advocate. It would make me so uncomfy. Why? I I just would I don't I'm not super actually this probably is a love language thing. I'm super uncomfortable with gifts. Oh, I want them. Right. And and I just know that I would not be able to like receive that in a way that made me feel comfortable. And I, like I know that I would be able to fake it. Oh, thank you. Okay. Like <laughs> I, I would do a better acting job than that, but like that's yeah, not that was what not good at faking it. Just so be. just so we're on the same page, that was not good faking. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> in case this in case this happens to you in the future, you need to step it up. <laughs> it 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 actually so I also um yeah, I don't know. I, I just like I don't want it. It makes me uncomfy. I've actually told the classmate to never get me flowers, but oh. yeah. So I thought it was really cute. I also thought it was the perfect if if one is going to bring a gift, it was like the perfect level of gift. It wasn't flowers. It wasn't a bouquet of flowers that I then right. have to like contend with on this date. Because that's something that I have talked about when people talk about like, you know, guys bringing flowers on a first date or really any date. When you're, when you're meeting at a venue, now what do I do with these? Right. Like I have this bouquet of flowers that I now have to put on the floor. Question, what was the story behind it? Where did he say he, like, got it? Where was it from? I didn't ask. Or, well, then how did he present it? He just gave it to me. Wordlessly? No, he said this is for you. Oh, okay. I don't know. I felt like there would be, like, more of a present, like, all right, okay. That's enough information, I think I that would. I think that would have made it weirder. Like, I think what, what, what felt really nice and natural about it was that it wasn't this big to do. Like, it wasn't like, and I got you this. Car-. Like, he was just like, this is for you. Like, it was okay. just like a very nice, sweet thing that we then, like, moved on from immediately. Okay. But, the, the, like. That's, th- that would be, yes, that is certainly preferable than the script in my head. Um, yeah, I just, I'm I'm having, I, I'm so glad that you are the right person for <laughs> this. It was so nice. And it's like a small, like a single carnation. I put it in my bag, you know? Like, it's not. Uh, totally. The portability is It's not is like it was a whole notch. thing. Yeah. Although, so anyway, so then, so we had lunch. Lunch was awesome. We are in similar lines of work, um, and and his line of work, he works for himself, but does something similar to what I do. And I was cool. like fascinated by it. So was, we were talking a lot about that. 
So we actually then started talking about finding Mr. Height, not in name, but in concept. Okay. Um, And I told him more about this venture than I've ever told someone on a first date. Like I laid it all out there beyond what it's called. And he actually specifically said he didn't want to know what it's called. Uh, yes, I do. I like that. So yeah. what did you what did you tell him? I just talked about – so I introed it as like a side hustle. We were talking about like things that we were doing when we were like not – you know, working from home and nothing really was open. I don't want to call it lockdown because it, it was after the real lockdown. But like when not that much was open last summer, last yeah. fall. When the world was soft launching. Yes, exactly. So one of the things that he did is like he left his job to do this thing on his own based on a ton of research he had time to do while he was doing little else. Very cool. Um, And so then I was telling him about my food blog and then how I kind of like parlayed a lot of that knowledge into building a website for another side hustle. And then we started talking about it. And I told him not only that I do dating coaching and give advice, but that I also talk about my own life, told him I have a podcast, like all this stuff. And he thought it was really cool. Yeah, I was going to ask what his reaction was. He thought it was really cool, really impressive. He like wanted to know more about it in like a inquisitive way. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked if he would be on a podcast episode. Like he's like, well, is this date going to make it on an episode? I was like, absolutely. Um, and then I kind of said, I was like, but of course, like in an anonymous way. And he was like, oh, I wasn't worried about that. I just wanted to know if you thought this was a good enough date to talk about. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, well, I didn't say it was on for a good reason. No, but I was <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was just great. And so we had a great lunch. And then I had an early dinner. And like hindsight, it was really poor planning on my part. But I had a I was say, club pizza full? lunch. Y- yes. Uh, I had a dinner at six o'clock that was further away from my apartment than the lunch. And so by the time we finished, it was like four and so I ended up asking if he wanted to get a drink. Like, I'm going to – I'm not going to go home. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you want to get a drink, you know, in the neighborhood? So we ended up getting a couple drinks at a bar nearby. I forgot my carnation on the table at the restaurant. So at one point I, like, went back to get it when I realized I had forgotten it. Oh, my God. You're such like, a bigger woman than I. I like <laughs> gifts. It's in a glass of water on my kitchen counter right now. That's amazing. I – Allie – I refused to wear like the corsage that my like high school date got me for like the homecoming dance. Oh, I love that shit. I'm going to – once the carnation dies, I'm going to dry it. I, I I love this difference between us. It is so funny to me. <laughs> Wait, I actually have a dried homecoming corsage from high school. There it is. And I will say uh, he did – he then confronted me and said his feelings were hurt. That I refused to wear I'm sure it. they were. Yes. <laughs> Teenage I was like, guy, well, you never, didn't ask what my dress recovered. looked like. Maybe you should have. Anyway. Um, now I lost – oh, yeah. So I went back to get the carnation and I I must have just inherently trusted this guy. This is not advisable behavior just for the, to be clear about what I'm about to say that I did. I left all of my shit, my phone, my purse, everything just sitting on the bar stool next to him while I went back to the restaurant to go get my carnation. Wow. That's really bold. I didn't even think about it until I got back. On my way, I kind of realized I didn't have my phone with me because my I like went to look at something on my Apple Watch and it it said like no phone detected. And I was like, oh, I left all of my stuff with this man. But like it didn't worry me. That's great. I mean, that's great. I I personally 
would have left a non-valuable because so he didn't I, think I was like escaping yep. him. Like, oh, I left the carnation. Let me get all my shit. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I left every single thing. He could have robbed me blind while I was gone for this. Carnation. That is absolutely hilarious. Um, and so yeah, don't rec- I don't recommend doing that. Um, but then we had a lovely another hour and a half or so. And it was really great. We talked about while we were on the date, we talked about wanting to go out again. We had, there was one point where we were joking about something. I don't remember what exactly. And he was like, don't worry, you're not in danger. And I said, I didn't think I was in danger until you said, don't worry, you're not in danger. And as I said that, I accidentally made eye contact with a guy sitting across the bar who looked at me like, do you need help? Are you in danger? Oh, my God. <laughs> Blink once. <laughs> yes. And so then I had to be like trying to look, be like, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like without like alerting him that I had made eye contact with this other guy who's now on high alert. <laughs> oh, my God. For any type of signal. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, don't make any sudden moves or the guy across the bar is going to think I'm in danger. <laughs> Yeah. Don't this would not be the moment to grab my arm, to touch my leg. No, don't touch me. Don't touch me right now. Um but so speaking of that, so we were like sitting at the bar next to each other, which I love for a first date so that you can like if you want to break down some physical boundaries. And like I'll just put a plug in for what I do to like I like turned towards him so that like our knees were like interlocked with each other. Does that make sense what I mean? Like Yeah, totally. They're alternating. Alternating, exactly. So that like our knees were touching essentially by turn by me turning in and I like did that and then he like put his hand on my knee. So then like then it just like is a good way to establish like a little bit of low stakes physical intimacy on a date. I love that. Great strategy. Then we had like a little bit of an awkward moment where like I think he went in. We were like just talking about – we had just talked about how we wanted to go on another date. And I think he leaned in to kiss my cheek, but like I thought he was leaning in to kiss me. And so we had like a corner of the mouth brush type of moment that was a little bit awkward. How did you bounce back from that? We just kept talking. It was fine. So then eventually I had to leave. I was actually late to my dinner because I didn't realize how we were just like – we had lost track of time. And so he walked me out. We were walking in different directions. And so we like hugged goodbye and then we were talking like – about wanting to go out again, like really close. And then he leaned in and pecked me and then okay. we left. I have I never like had a first date peck before. I think that's like, it sounds like in the context of sort of how things played out, very respectful and just sort of being a little cautious, trying to make sure he was reading you correctly. Yeah. It was also the middle of the day. True. On a sidewalk. But like, I, I've never, I've either had a hug or like a kiss. I've mm-hmm. never – the peck has never entered the first date realm yeah. for me. But I've anyways, been kissed on the forehead. On a first date? Mm-hmm. Were you standing? How did he – Yes. Yes. How tall was this man? I mean, tall enough, I guess. I don't know. I There's no – you would have to be extremely tall to be able to kiss my forehead without going on your tippy toes while I'm standing. Yeah, I don't know. But we were definitely standing. We were like on the street. Kissed me on the forehead. That's so weird. Mechanics be damned. <laughs> That's very weird. Um, like, I could understand that happening if you were, like, small. Yes, which I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so then he texted me while I was at dinner with my friend saying that he'd had a good time. Um, and I 
I had joked that I was going to text him today to remind him of, I forgot to mention this like just random funny thing that happened when we were eating lunch. It was a pizza place, right? We ordered a bunch of stuff to share. Um, and oh, I also liked that he suggested we start with a glass of bubbles. Which, like champagne? Yeah. I, I, I love anything. I mean, very into anything spritzy. Same. He, but I especially liked that he called them bubbles because that's what I call them when I order them at a restaurant. Oh, really? I oh, that's so cute. I exclusively say bubbles, mostly because I don't want to get caught in the like millions of varieties of sparkling wine that there might be. Fair. Um, and I just think bubbles are fun. So anyway, so we were sharing everything. And so we each picked, we decided that like I would pick a, a red pizza and he would pick a white pizza and we'd share both. So we did that. And they happened to put the red in front of him and the white in front of me. And I was like eating a little bit slowly and he ate all but one of the red slices. <laughs> Oh my God. Which was like fine, but he didn't yeah. realize that I had not taken any. He didn't realize that he had eaten all of them. And so when he was like, oh, do you want the last slice? And I, I was like, sure, because I haven't had one yet. Yeah. <laughs> he was I mean, mortified. I am a toxically fast eater. And so I am usually the one trying to keep track of what people have eaten because I know I'm probably ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm slow generally, especially if yeah. I'm talking because I talk a lot with my hands, and so if I'm oh. talking, I'm not eating. Um, yeah. But anyway, so he was mortified. I obviously did not care, but I was like kind of yeah. making fun of him about it. Um, and so I jokingly said, like, you know, oh, it's totally fine. I'll just text you tomorrow and be like, do you remember that time when you ate the entire pizza that I ordered? Uh, and so that's exactly what I did today. Beautiful. Has he responded? Uh, he has, and we are going out on Friday. Oh my God, yay! Yeah. Oh, this is so good. You seem very, like, I like how you're talking about this date. It was really great. Like, it wasn't, I think this was actually a really great example of, like, not a crazy spark. Oh, and yeah. he and I actually had a really nice conversation about that. I, I was mm. telling him about Logan and, like, you know, fuck the spark and all that stuff and how it spark is anxiety and... I think it was a really great example of like, I liked him. I enjoyed spending time with him. I think we could have physical chemistry. I don't quite know yet because we haven't, you know, really fully kissed or anything like that. Um, but like, it was just really nice. And yeah. I liked how I felt. That's great. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, Not to put any it was pressure. Good. Yeah, no. Um, and then my, I know I've like rambled on about this up my update section this time. Um, but I also got an email from my matchmaker today that has given me some food for thought. Okay. Which is, so while I was gone, she had like several interviews. I think she said she had four different interviews. They were all no's. Mm -hmm. And so she's picky, which I like. Yeah. However, she talked to a guy yesterday that she – or sometime recently that she really liked. However, she realized in the course of their conversation that he had moved to Philly since re-updating his info. I'm dead. I know. Okay. What's then the – what's the question? For, so for those who don't have a, a, a superhuman memory about my dating history, the long-distance relationship that I reference all the time was with somebody in Philly. <laughs> So the question is, would I – so she said he's a New York guy. He moved to Philly for work recently because the office is here. But this is a quote. He's a New York guy and he knows it's only temporary. Okay. Would you be open to meeting somebody in Philly? And what, what, so, What do you think? So I wrote back like I, I want to think about it a little bit. But I asked yeah. her a couple questions. 
So I asked her, like, what does temporary mean to him or does he know? Good question. Um, And then also, like, can you give me a little content? Like, oh, also, does he come back here often? How often does he come back here, like, on his own? Mm -hmm. And then she matches people that don't live in the same city all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I happen to have said that I don't want that, which is why she asked the question. But I asked her for more context about how does it work? When you match people who don't live in the same city, for example, would he come here for our first date? Like, how, yeah, that's a how great that, question. How would it work? Yeah, and so that I just wrote back to her like very recently, so I haven't heard back yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to try to wait to decide how I feel about it until I get more information from her. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting and funny that it happened to be Philly. Yeah, very funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's the closest city to New York, so that's like, what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It it's not it's not crazy that it's Philly because like that, you know, we when I was dating ASV, we always used to say this is not a long distance relationship, it's a middle distance relationship because like I forget what the what the technical definition of long is, but it's more than 200 miles, which is how far Philly is. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. I know. I'm actually going to Philly this weekend also. So much Philly stuff. Oh shit. Look at you. For yeah. volleyball to, or um no, I'm going to see Trevor Noah. Oh fun. Yeah, be great. at the time, Enjoy. my best friend and I booked these tickets. He didn't have a New York date. Of course, he added a New York date after we had bought the tickets in Philly, but it'll be fun. Well, yeah, it'll be fun. Get out of town. I love that. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So those are my updates. And now should we talk about uh, this week's topic? Yeah. That was a, yeah. Big updates for us both. Long, Big long, updates. Long. So this week's topic is commonalities, aligning on values, and we have a weird or not that goes along with that theme, which is weird or not, they don't need the same amount of alone time as you. Not weird. I just think this is people that – this comes in so many sort of shapes and sizes on the spectrum of needs that this can't be weird. You know, like the, it, I, I should also say I, I 
stated it wrong. It's written down the opposite way here. The actual oh. weirder nah, which your answer still applies, but the actual weirder nah is they need more alone time than you. Gotcha. Yeah, still. I Everything previously said still applies. That yeah. that doesn't mean it's not something you're going to have to negotiate in your relationship and figure out, but it's not weird. And so I'm going to say this is 10% weird, 90% nah. This is the most nah we've ever had. Good. It is, yeah. It is 4% weird, 96% nah. Amazing. I think that's great because I think that shows that people get that that is not, you know, the Logan Yuri phrase for it is deal breakers versus permissible pet peeves. Yes. And maybe this is a pet peeve that this person needs a little bit more independent time, but it, it, it is completely workable. Yeah. And I also think that this falls into what we talk about a lot, which is that like it can be not weird and still not for you. And a lot totally. of people said that. They were like, this isn't weird. Everybody's different. You know, mm-hmm. 96%. There was only like one person who responded about why they thought it was weird. And that person said that they need – that person needs a hell of a lot of alone time. So for someone else to need more than that, they would never see each other. That's really funny. That's – yeah, that's good. So they answered in a very personal way, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most people said like everybody's different. You know, you just got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I might not want to date somebody who needs more alone time than me. And that's fair totally. too. Yeah. So this leads us into our topic talk, which is how aligned do you have to be on insert thing here? Yeah. And I mean, it, our answer is going to be different per thing, obviously. For sure. And so like the way I kind of – the way I always think about it and the way I have fra- I phrased it to like PowerPoint, for example, when we were sort of like hashing out some stuff mm-hmm. is different – issues or different – I don't even want to call them issues. Whether it's values, preferences, hobbies, whatever, there's this question – for everything in your life, you and your partner are going to be a Venn diagram. Yep. And I think that how big that overlapping middle section is, is there's a different range of acceptable numbers based on what the thing is. And so, for example, like I'm – I'm a pretty big believer that your hobbies can be different mm-hmm. and that can be like great to, you know, do something with your friends and grow that relationship while your partner does something else or whatever. And so I'm not of the mind that you need to be together 24-7. However, something that like, you know, maybe we can start with sort of this, the sort of like activities and we can get to our listener question about that. PowerPoint and I had essentially no overlap there. That's like hard. we had no exactly where to do what the other wanted to do. One person felt like they were compromising. There was like that little. Yeah. Mutual or like not even compromising, but doing something that you do not want to do. Correct. Huge yeah. music guy. Oh, no, I can't date a music guy. Or I could, yeah. but like I don't want to do the music stuff. So like I can't date a music guy who wants to date a music girl. Exactly. I think that for hobbies, that ideally there's some overlap or like interest there. But I think what's more important is that you align on how much time you want to spend doing your hobbies. Oh, that's an interesting way to phrase it. Yeah. Because like I don't anticipate that I – that a guy that I date is going to be into volleyball because I don't tend to date people in the volleyball community as we've talked about. 
Right. So like that is highly unlikely that we were going to share that. And even if he is into volleyball, he, I probably don't want to play volleyball with him, just being frank. So even if he like thinks it's fun, I probably won't think that his volleyball is fun. Yes. But we need to align that that I spend a lot of time doing that and he does not need to be involved at all. But ideally, he has other stuff that he wants to be doing with that time so that it doesn't feel like he's just by himself doing nothing while I'm doing stuff. Totally. And so to that end, though, do you foresee – because, for example, you know, kind of what I'm like going through with the classmate where I would say an area of difference for us is huge type A planner. He's very spontaneous. He plans international travel maybe two weeks in advance. That's nuts. Fucking insane. And he is seeing, though, if he wants to be in a relationship with me, he needs to come in my direction. And I I want to go in his where I think like one of the reasons I really like him is because he sort of pulls me in a direction that's not my natural baseline. Mm-hmm. And I think people kind of want different things on that, right? Where some people do want to do a bunch of stuff with their partner and some people want their partner to take them out of what they might naturally be inclined to do. Right. And so I, I do think like this relationship is making me realize like, okay, like, we can move towards the middle on stuff. Whereas I would have said like, oh, you need to be, you need to be aligned with me on this. And then I'm now being like surprised by the relationship that I'm in. Yeah. Well, I think something that you said there that's important is whether or not you want to be pulled in that other direction. Yes. And I think that that actually ties nicely into the listener question that we got about this. Okay, perfect. This listener lives in Colorado. And so um, here is like the concern. I've heard this about Denver and other places in Colorado, actually. Yeah, same. Everyone is super outdoorsy, really into hiking, skiing, snowboarding, etc. I am not. I go on a nature walk every once in a while, but not regularly. I am not as in caps. Yes, that needs to be (laughs) emphasized. Very good. Lots of people on dating apps have pictures about how much they hate being inside. And I'm hesitant to reach out to them because I already know that we would probably not, quote unquote, mesh well. If that's what he's going to do all weekend, every weekend. I feel like this sounds like I'm a shut-in, but it applies to guys with motorcycles. I will not ever be getting on the back of that thing. (laughs) She concludes by saying, I don't want them to conform to my low-key lifestyle, and I don't want to be pressured into whatever it is they are into that I will never be. I've been told that I read way too far ahead in terms of these things, and I'm being too judgmental just based on a few profile pictures, but I don't want to bother if I can feel impending tension or issues in the future with these people. What does she do? So I think that the that she's actually asking two questions. One is like, is it an issue if you start dating somebody where you don't align with the things that they want to do and you never will? So like- mm-hmm. Could could it be workable that she dates somebody who wants to hike and ski and camp and fish all the time and she wants to stay inside and they could live separate lives in that sense? It sounds like she doesn't want that. Agreed. But the question that she's also asking is should you infer those things from a dating app profile? And there's where I think you can kind of get tripped up by like reading into somebody's profile in ways that are coming from your past experience. Yes. I think you've – yeah, I think you're zeroing in on the important factor here. Yeah. So, like, I think that – I get where she's coming from. I get that, like, if, you know, if all of his pictures are of him being outside, 
then like, you know, maybe it might not end up being a fit. But I think that's something that is difficult to tell in a profile and probably easier to suss out via conversation. I agree. And to go back to Logan on the topic, in her book, she talks about how a lot of people, like all of us on dating apps are trying to distill information about ourselves into very tiny packages. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody selects, the example she uses is religion. And she says, if somebody selects the Christian badge, you actually have no idea if they mean raised, like technically their parents are, or they go every Sunday. You have no idea which it is. And you do kind of have to ask. And so I think this person might have sort of be a little bit self-defeating with the filters in the dating apps, but then can absolutely stand by what she wants to do with her free time when she actually gets to know these people and has to make these dating decisions. Yeah. And I think it's similar to how you and I were talking about Burning Man fi- pictures. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm pretty sure that my person is not at Burning Man, but I'm not eliminating people because they have a Burning Man photo. Because totally. I don't know enough about them based on that photo. Because a lot of different types of people go to Burning Man. Logan goes to Burning Man, as we found out. Yes. So I think that it sounds like she probably won't mesh well with somebody who wants to be outside and doing those types of things every single weekend. Because I assume that she wants to spend some of that weekend time with her partner. Yes. But she doesn't know if those people are posting photos of like those few times they went outside. Right. Or if they're actually doing that all the time. In LA, the perennial dating app photo is, you know, the Runyon Canyon hike or something. Yes. And please, those people are doing that so rarely. Yeah. And I think Colorado is probably different. And like if somebody Agreed. if somebody's entire profile revolves around being outdoors and active and like every single prompt is like, I hate being inside, I'm always moving, like then maybe I understand where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. But I think – you probably want to have a pretty high bar for for how intense it, a profile needs to be for you to preclude that person from the beginning. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it, I, if it's literally every, if it's like hiking, camping, van life. Also, I mean, van life, really bad PR right now. Yeah, don't get involved in that life. But yeah. um, <laughs> if it's all that, that probably is not going to work out. Probably not. Um, the other thing that this is, she's not, she's not asked this question, but I will answer it anyway. You might want to consider moving if you are finding. I was wondering if you were going to say that. Well, mostly because I, I've talked to several clients who live in either Colorado or the Pacific Northwest and who are not outdoorsy people and are struggling to find specifically women who are not outdoorsy people who are struggling to find not outdoorsy men that live in Denver or that live in Portland mm-hmm. and or Seattle. I think it's easier in those two cities than it is in Denver. But yeah. we t- we move for other things all the time. We move for better career opportunities. We move for better education opportunities. Why not move for a better love opportunity if yeah. you are finding – that the pool of people that you are seeing in your city just doesn't align with your values or interests. Yeah. My friend Sarah actually made the move from Denver to New York for that reason. And it wasn't about men specifically. It was about people in general where she was super ambitious and 
in kind of more of a corporate culture. And she was saying that everyone she was meeting was really embracing like being a seasonal worker, being able to ski in one season, hike in the next and travel. And she was like, this just isn't me. And my Mm -hmm. friendships aren't feeling right either. And so she ended up, her company is a national company where they just moved her to a different office. And so that was a very easy move for her. But yeah, Totally fair. In a similar vein, I've had clients who are not aligned politically with the area that they live in. So like a very liberal client of mine who's living in Alabama and struggling. That's going to be tricky. Yeah. And she grew up there and like her family is very liberal and her little community is, but no one that she's meeting aligns with her political values and social values. And so she is considering moving for that reason, which I think makes sense for her. Yeah, totally fair. So- Speaking of that, um, I feel like often our topics scaffold really nicely in terms of either a timeline where, you know, we say like early dating, relationship, whatever. This one doesn't really have that. And so what I decided to do is I found a um, HuffPost article called Eight Things You Don't Need to Have in Common with Your Future Spouse. And the first that we're tracking it perfectly. The first one is hobbies and interests. And the second one is political beliefs. So let's dive in. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with them on this one though. When was this? This is why we're doing the article. When was the article written? This article was written in 2018. That, that tracks. Because I think, not that I think it is mandatory to have political views in line with your spouse, because there are certainly people who make it work. But I think that landscape looks very different in 2021 than it did in 2018. I totally agree. I do think, though, there are some people who never think or talk about politics. But that – I think I think that that's – then you would be aligned. If you, like, don't think or talk about it, you're mm-hmm. aligned on that. Oh, I guess – true, 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 true. I'm thinking of it as some people just vote and therefore your political differences might be technically, like, who you checked the box for. But that might not – like, I think that you have to understand, like, politics, values, pe- like, it, it, there's a lot to sort of, like, parse when you say, like, political beliefs. And so I think the the question becomes, is this something you're engaged with on a value basis versus, like, Prop 16, you voted yes, you know, like, th- well, because yeah. you fill out a ballot. You know, like, I, I think that there are... There's different levels of engagement that even can result in technical differences that might be overcomable. Possibly. Yeah. I think that that just with the way that our political arena in the US has become polarized in the way that it has, I think it's it's pretty difficult to find commonalities. But if you're not somebody who cares about politics, then that might not mm-hmm. matter to you. Yeah. I think that where I get hung up is sort of like how micro do you look for differences? And so for example, I, I went on a few dates with a guy who works in sustainability Mm -hmm. and there's all these different types of clean energy. We were talking about different ones and I had an opinion on one that he found to be a deal breaker. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was talking to my therapist about it and I was like, this felt a really kind of severe response for what to me feels like a political hill that I'm not willing to die on. And, and he is for him. Exactly. It's, it's, and yeah. she was like, well, if it's his career, that might be really core to him. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's certainly like not a hill I'm willing to die on in the sense that like if my partner and I, I had no problem with that difference. 
Right. That was a difference that I could totally live with. Whereas like for him, no go. Yeah. I think this is something that I dealt with a lot throughout 2020 in my relationship with the oyster. We had extremely different political views, which I knew going into the relationship in mm-hmm. February of 2020, I did not know how much those political views were going to be highlighted throughout the next eight months that were going to make it an untenable situation. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I have a lot. I have a, a much stronger opinions now about whether or not somebody's political beliefs need to align with mine than I did before because of that. Yeah, that's understandable for me. Like I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself an activist. Like I'm not super politically active, um, but I think there's like v- values that I have that a lot of my political beliefs are based on, and those I absolutely need to align with somebody on. And of course, I, I th- yeah. I think it would be a fully untenable situation if I didn't. Mm-hmm. But there are some people. Some people are making it work. I have I have a couple acquaintances, not quite friends, whose partners or spouses are extremely different from them on the political spectrum and it causes a lot of problems, but they somehow make it work. Wow. To me, I think it comes down to respect where I got in an argument with I – think, I think I've shared this before, that an argument that I was in with PowerPoint resulted in him calling me morally bankrupt. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I think that like if I feel that way about your beliefs, then I should not be with you. Well, right. And that's what it ended up – that's where it ended up with me and the oyster where I was like, I do not respect your view on this. Right. Like, exactly. I, I cannot be with somebody who thinks that. And so I broke up with him. <laughs> yes. I mean, it wasn't – unfortunately, it took more – it was much more drawn out than that. But like that was the ultimate conclusion. Yeah. But in your story though, like PowerPoint was not seeing it that way. Like he he was fully prepared to continue dating somebody that he called morally bankrupt. Yes. Yeah. Very weird. He was like, why are you so upset by this? Like, Very what? weird. Yeah. Um, so this sort of ties into our next listener question. Yes. In terms of values, which is now that dating apps have a field to disclose vaccination status, is it sort of a red flag if they don't put one up? And how do you bring that up in a conversation before you potentially meet up? That's a great question. I don't think it's necessarily a red flag if they don't have it. I'm going to say that. Yeah. I'm trying to think – it's interesting because like Los Angeles, for example, is going to make that conversation a lot easier because you like can't go indoors without proof now. Yeah, same here in New And York. so if you you could kind of force the conversation by saying, oh, let's have this date where we go to this restaurant and if they can't go in, that's going to be really obvious. Um, I'm trying to think of – I mean, I, I kind of think you can just ask. I think you can like, just ask. Like why the hell not? Yeah. I do think one thing that I want to say that that we should be aware of or that you should be aware of is that although this would be rare, there are people who cannot get vaccinated for that medical is true. reasons. So that that is not common, obviously. There's a it's a small percentage of people, but that is out there. So I do want to say that it's not, you know, it's not ex- totally black and white in the sense that like if you're not, it's because you don't want to be in all right. cases. In most, though, it would be. So, and I'm using, just because I've gotten yelled at for semantics on statistics on my page before, I'm using most in the literal sense of the word, meaning that it is greater than 50%. Yes. That would not be the case. Less than 50% of people have a medical reason not to get vaccinated. Much less. Yes. Yeah, I think you can just ask. And like, you know, that if that, if dating somebody who is vaccinated is important to you, 
mm-hmm. then you shouldn't be worried about how somebody will react to the question. Because totally if they agree. react poorly or they say no, you don't want to date them because that's an important thing to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, you might have an uncomfortable conversation or you might have to read an uncomfortable message back to you. That could suck. But an, an example of this, not vaccine status that I will give that I did recently that was extremely nerve-wracking was I texted you that I had matched with a guy that I had a pretty good feeling did not align with my social justice values. Gotcha. Yes. I it, Nothing he actually said. It didn't say anything on his profile. I just had a spidey sense You just sense read the feeling. room. <laughs> I read the room. I had a spidey sense feeling that I was looking at the oyster all over again. And so I said my big question for you, and then my big question was, do you think that Black Lives Matter? And, and what did he do? He unmatched me. And we have our answer. Spidey senses never fail. Um, But when I did that, the reason it was sort of nerve-wracking to do was because I was risking getting some, like, vitriol back at me, um, which luckily he did not do. He just quietly exited. Um, But I think this is similar. You might might get a shitty response back, and you do need to be prepared for that if you're going to ask the question. But they've self-selected out if they do that then. Exactly. Yeah. You've now identified somebody you don't need to go on a first date with and you can open up that night now for somebody who aligns with you. Precisely. This one is like very obvious to me. Taste in movies, music, and TV. Of course you do not have to align on this. Yeah. Unless, like we were saying before, what if your partner is super into some weird ass music and wants you to go to shows with them all the time? Like how far is this taste going? Is it crossing over with hobbies? That's a good point. Yeah. Or they constantly want you to go to obscure cinema viewings. Or like every time you – oh, this is – actually, this is a good example of I disagree with this in part because one of the things – and I don't remember where this study was or like – I'll look it up later. But one of the things that has a very high correlation to relationship success is whether or not you both like horror movies or not. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, I'm going to try to – The classmate is a big fan of um, Spooky Season. Oh, how do you feel about horror movies? I'm actually fine with them. He – he, we watched a couple actually recently and part of his reason is he thought I was going to be very scared and it was going to be very cute when he was like, oh, don't worry. It's just a movie. And I was completely fine and he was like jump scaring and he was like, this did not go as planned. (laughs) That's really funny. Okay, I found the I found the basis for what I said. Okay. So this actually came from OkCupid okay data. Mm. So OkCupid okay sifted through 275,000 match questions, 70, 776 million answers, and pinpointed three questions that will tell you whether or not you and your date have long-term potential. Holy they shit. Analyzed, okay, wait, what are they? Yeah. So they analyzed the profiles of nearly 35,000 successful couples who met on OkCupid. Okay And they found that a third of those people agreed on all three questions. And that's – oh, it's getting cut off. That's 3.7 times the rate of simple coincidence. So That's very statistically significant. Yes. Um, Okay. So the three questions are, do you like horror movies? Have you ever traveled around another country alone? And wouldn't it be fun to chuck it all and go live on a sailboat? The classmate would say yes to all of those. <laughs> I would say so funny. 
I'm a no, yes, fuck no. I mean, for me, like, what do you call Survivor? You know, like, I, I definitely would not give it up to go live on a sailboat, but I've absolutely said fuck it and completely ghosted my life for two yeah, months. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and so, like, that actually, to me, gets at, like, the classmate brings out, like, a side of myself that exists but is not my prominent self. Got it. Yeah. Um. So, in any case, uh, there's also some, like, other really interesting stuff in here that now I'm, like, nerding out on this data. I okay, we'll, we'll, out, the, the, yeah, we'll that totally that get tab. into that. Yeah. But, so that, I think, is an example of, because what I was going to say is, what if I hate horror movies? They scare the shit out of me. I don't like being scared. I jump scare really easily. I hate that feeling. I hate haunted houses. I just, I hate everything about being scared. Gotcha. And so if I were dating somebody who wanted to watch horror movies for our movie night in, I, I, I could not. Yeah. I truly could not. That's wild. Yeah, no, I'm well, able to, yeah. I'm very able to rationalize them. So it, I'm like, eh, we're no, good. I can't. Gore doesn't bother me. It's specifically, I mean, not that it doesn't bother me, but like, it's not the same. It's, it's yeah. more the jump scare, the like, I have enough scary dreams to begin with without, without adding horror movies to the mix. Okay. This one's interesting. Cultural or religious background? Mm. I find it interesting that they said background and not current practice. That's a good point. That is different. Is that somewhere else on the list? Like religion? No. Interestingly, though, we sort of just talked about sense of adventure, though, is on there, which is captured in those three questions. Yeah. Interesting that they say it does not need to align. No, so it says, for couples sharing the same religion, race, and culture – Certain aspects of raising children will feel more familiar. So that implies current practice. Yeah, I think they're wrapping up current practice into background. I think they're assuming that your background is your current practice. Yeah. However, the process of exposing children to different views, perspectives, and traditions can be quite beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, another thing where it matters more to me. It matters more, I think, how important something is to you than whether or not you align on that thing. Mm-hmm. So like – I don't mind if my partner has a different religious background from me, what, you know, whether that's Judaism or Islam or whatever it is. But if they are incredibly dedicated to that religious background in a way that's going to make them want me to be and our potential future children to be, that's probably not going to work. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a circumstance that I that would like work for me. And I, I just think that somebody somebody who was – regularly engaging in religious practice is just it's probably somebody who also doesn't want to date me oh right you know although the oyster was regularly going to mass and like had me thinking maybe i could too wild ridiculous yeah anyway but no i think this is a very fair one to say this is a deal breaker for me like i think like i think there's like no reason there's no sort of there's no negative like i don't hold any negativity towards somebody who says i am deeply involved in the jewish faith and therefore i want to be with somebody jewish you know whatever the case may be yeah no i agree capacity for socializing i think this is an interesting one i have a friend who, and i'm not sure i actually agree with her but i have a friend who says you should marry somebody that wants to leave the party at the same time as you this yeah. obviously disagrees but yeah, I, I my last two boyfriends have been major introverts, and it was so hard for me. Mm. It was like mostly because when I was, I felt guilty anytime we were in a big group doing stuff because I Oof, knew that they were unhappy. 
yeah, that's no, that's no good. So even though they, neither of them did anything to make me feel that way, I just, I just knew because I knew them, I knew that they weren't enjoying themselves. Yeah. So kind of like you said about like one person needing to compromise in order to do an activity. It's like, I knew that this person did, had no interest in being in a big group and I always am in a big group with my friends. So even if we're compromising and only doing it sometimes, I know that they're miserable. Yeah, that's really tough. The student was very – I wouldn't say the student was introverted. I think he just genuinely didn't really like going – like he just didn't like that environment. It made me feel very responsible for his good time. Yep, exactly. And so – Capacity for socializing is a little bit different, but something that I'm a little surprised is not on this list is like night owl versus early bird. Yeah. I am a early riser. Classmate definitely prefers to stay up. And so that can translate into capacity for socializing where it's like they want to stay out longer. And I'm like, I got to fucking go. Like, can't do this. What's the third bucket where you want to go and go to sleep, but you also want to sleep in? Great question. Because <laughs> that's you? me. Like, I am, like, always the first to leave the party. Like, I do not like to stay out late, but I am not up early. I like to sleep in. I will sleep for 11 hours having gone home early. Yeah. I have the capacity to stay out late. I just, like, don't like to do it because I know I like sleep and the next day will suck. Yeah. People are all, my friends are always like, oh, my God, Allie is still here. I'm like. I'm not 80. That's really funny. We talked a little bit about sense for adventure. Then the last one is preferences for cleanliness and organization. This one to me is like an obvious fine mismatch because I think it's like pretty easy to solve this one. Well, I think it depends on what each person's expectations are. True. Like I I am a messy person. I'm never going to have an organized apartment. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not who I am. And I think I could get better at it, but I'm never going to be the person where like everything is in its place and like it looks like a museum. And if you want to live in that kind of place, you're not going to live with me. Yes, absolutely. I think that I'm sort of in my head trying to unify uh, like all the stuff that we're talking about. And I think that what I come away with is how bad does it feel to not do what you are naturally inclined to do? Yeah. Or like, how hard is it to like edge away from that? Yes. Yeah. Like in the example of the horror movies, it feels fucking terrible and it's incredibly hard and I would never do it. Mm -hmm. But like in the case of organization and cleanliness, like I could not have my dirty clothes sitting on the floor behind me right now. (laughs) Probably. That'd be a thing that we could do. I could probably do that. Yeah. And then something else I was thinking about is I saw on an Instagram story recently from a therapist that I follow this idea of unsolvable problems that Mm -hmm. most – that like something like 93% of relationship – like a very high percentage is – are uns, quote unquote unsolvable problems. And you just have to like like, accept that this is a problem for you? Right. Or just like accept that like – I'm not going to become a different person. Therefore, we cannot, quote unquote, solve this in the traditional sense of the word. Well, all you can really do here is like hear who your partner is, understand, and where possible, like meet in the middle and not constantly create friction 
when that person is like being who they are and they've told you who that is. And so like, I I feel like those are sort of like my major takeaways from this conversation. Yeah. And I think like the point that you made about once they tell you who they are is really important because let's say that, you know, I've, I've committed to being more organized and I'm like doing my best to like clean up my shit and whatever. Like it's not going to be perfect because that's just not who I am. Once you've kind of said like, okay, I'm going to be with you though. I know that you're doing your best. I'm going to accept this level that is your best. Like you, you can't constantly mention it mm-hmm. or it's not going to work. Like yes. to your point, it's an unsolvable problem. Like you have to, you have to accept that it is unsolvable, that it has been solved to the best of each person's ability and we're going to leave it there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well. I don't know if we've solved any of these problems, but I was going to say I think that I love how we that's it's it's almost us um absconding from responsibility like yeah we're <laughs> like well, everyone well, unsolvable problems good luck <laughs> but no I think honestly like it is on theme for us which is communicate that's mm-hmm. all you can yeah. do in like any of these situations it's very true yeah well anyway very, very true I cannot wait to hear about Friday I'm like so excited. I'm very excited. Uh, who called me and left a voicemail? Wow. It's probably somebody telling you that your chance for auto um, insurance is up or your social probably. security number is needed. Yeah. <laughs> or that they have a, a an offer on the house I don't own. Exactly. Uh, so I'm going to go attend to that and have a good rest of your night. Yes. Thank you. All righty. Talk to you later. Bye.